giving an introvert that space to think is critical because we need that time. We need that extra beat before we respond to your question. You're listening to Wild Creative, a podcast designed to inspire new ways of thinking, evoke wild ways of being, and excavate enriched understandings about our purpose, creativity, and wellness. I'm your host, Emma Kvetna, maker and mystic, teacher and writing coach, entrepreneur and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello and welcome to Wild Creative. When I was growing up, I was a very quiet child, often in my head a lot, going inwards, and to people on the outside, that definitely looked like I was a shy child, and I guess in a way I was, but I never really fully identified with that word, shy, because I knew deep down that wasn't quite true, that didn't seem accurate for me, and and I would say it wasn't so much that I was shy, it was just that I had zero confidence in what I wanted to say or in what I should be saying, I had no voice, I didn't trust myself enough to speak up, and I was in my head so much, overthinking everything, it seemed safer to just say little to nothing most of the time. And so that's largely how I was growing up, even though I really wanted to engage with things and do things and try things, I was just not confident enough, and I think people thought that that meant I was shy. It wasn't until later that I realized this was actually just me being introverted and going inward to process things a lot of the time before speaking. But sometimes I would do that so much I wouldn't even get the chance to speak. And I'm so much more communicative now than I ever was before, for sure, but being super quiet and, quote, shy introvert well into my early 20s was definitely difficult Uh, Because the older I got, I found myself in more situations where I knew I needed to speak up, but then I couldn't, or I lacked confidence when giving presentations, and uh, there was just so much cringe growing up a lot. And a lot of the time, that translated into self-hatred and feeling disembodied as well. So none of that was good at all. And man, I would have loved to have had someone like my guest today coaching me through all of that. My guest is Jacqueline Shawless, and we talked a lot about introversion since that is one of the main things that she's most known for. That is, she's known for helping people utilize their introversion in a healthy way and making it work for them rather than against them. And I have to say, I felt very seen in this episode, Um, and it was really enlightening to talk with someone who is an expert communicator, but is also an introvert herself. We talked about so many things, such as how to say no, how to set boundaries, how to shift your introverted mindset, how to feel empowered as an introvert, and just all the things to do with introversion. I'm sure we covered all of it. So let's get into it. Known for her energy, enthusiasm, and flair, global speaker and international best-selling author Jacqueline Shawless wows audiences in nearly 20 countries with her message to embrace your awesome by communicating with wholeness and boldness at work, home, and beyond. Fortune 500 companies and noted organizations love Jacqueline's fresh, unique perspective gained from her background as an award-winning performer, newspaper columnist, broadcast journalist, and college instructor, all accomplished by voting age. She is the founder and CEO of Awesome Enterprises, LLC. Jacqueline joined me today via Zoom from her home in New York City. 
Hello, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for joining me on Wild Creative. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you in particular because you are an introvert and that's your whole that's your whole thing with your business is making yes. introversion uh, making introversion work for people rather than, you know, hindering them as it so commonly yeah. seems to do for some people. I was definitely one of those people. So before we get into that, I always love to know how do people, how do they get to where they, where they got today? Like, what can you give us a bit of a rundown on how you, how you came into this line of work and why and why you did? Yeah. Uh, well, the story is, it, it's a longish story, but the very okay. short version is that I recognized from a very young age, two things that were true about me. I knew for a fact that I would be on international stages speaking in front of large groups. I My aspiration in kindergarten was to be a New York Times bestselling author. So I was a little <laughs> strange kid, um, a little off center in that regard. But I also knew that I needed time to kind of be away, kind of in solitude, just yeah. on my own reflecting. And so for the majority of my childhood, I was told you have to pick. If you're going to be on these stages, then you can't be quiet. Or if you're going to be quiet, then you need to kind of tamper down your expectations. Um, mm -hmm. So in high school, I got a chance to kind of test out this theory um, with me just being the person that I envisioned. I was recruited for a debate team. Um, I got a blank check, basically, to do and be whoever I wanted to. And so it's like, okay, well, if I know that I'm going to be this person who's on stages and doing this big stuff, what if I just did that? What if I just tried it out? Let me see how this goes. Um, and so I begin to play around with honoring both my introversion and being on those stages. And everything now as an adult started from that point because I was on these stages and I was traveling the country and I was getting scholarships, um, teaching college when I was still in my teens. Like these are things that came from me honoring both. And so now when I'm working with individuals or even in companies, this understanding that a lot of introverts have that you have to either sacrifice who you are in order to play the extrovert game and be successful or you can honor that solitude that reflection and like kind of temper your expectations that that's a false narrative it's not either or it's both and um so that's that's like the very quick version yes. of how i came to uh to this work oh that's awesome so you mentioned in there that you said you just knew you had to be in, that you were going to be in front of other people and on stages and that sort of thing how did you know that like what 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 how did you no know clue <laughs> there is there is n absolutely nothing in my background that pointed yeah. towards that like our family doesn't travel um we're not wealthy or lower working class um so i'm the kid who's like yeah i'm going to like practice my enunciation watching bbc because i need to make sure i have proper diction who does that right. <laughs> like, you're in texas lady like take it down a peg um so <laughs> i i was always kind of off center in that way but it's just mm -hmm. i don't know how i knew i just knew it was just as as much truth as being able to walk without floating away you know it, it was just it simply is what it is. So, okay, if this is true, let's see how we play into this. It made for an interesting uh, rearing for my parents. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it would have. And, you know, sometimes I, I feel like our soul just knows what we're supposed to do. And yeah. that's how we know. So were you, 
were you not a shy child then like or like a very introverted child or how how did introversion play with you when you were younger or come into play it was really swinging the pendulum because when i'm at home very dynamic dramatic vivacious but when i leave the comfort of my home that kind of got tempered if you will so if I'm in a space where someone calls on me, okay, I'll respond. Um, I'll answer what needs to be answered and nothing more. <laughs> I'll interact only to the degree that I'm required to and nothing more. Um, and part of it was because of this notion where even when I was showing up and I was wanting to try out different things, it's like, well, you've got to choose. Like you, you need to speak up more. You need to come out of your shell. You need to do all of these things. Um, yeah. But the truth is, introversion is simply how you process your world. So it's not a matter of me changing how my brain processes things. I can't do that if I want it to. And also, if I'm focusing on trying to do that, when do I get to show up as me? I'm focusing on trying to show up as someone else. Um, and that deprives everyone, me and those that I'm meant to influence and impact. So it, it was it was the pendulum <laughs> behind yes. closed doors. Oh, so dramatic. Still oh to this day. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I relate to that too. <laughs> Being introverted, I, I was I was always seen as very shy growing up and quiet and stuff. But yeah, when I was at home with my siblings or my parents or whatever, I wasn't that way. <laughs> I wasn't really that yeah. way at all. It's totally different, right? So yeah, it's that comfort comfort zone, I guess, mm -hmm. and that yeah, the the home is a very safe place for introverts. Right. And that's something that's very common for introverts. Like that's, yes. there's, there's this whole notion that introverts are like quiet and we're shy yeah. and we're antisocial. And one, that has nothing to do with introversion. Introversion is just how you process your world. You can be a shy extrovert. But also because there is this notion that if you're an introvert, you have to be quiet or you have to be shy. We introverts who are not necessarily shy or quiet have a bit of challenge with finding the ways that we can can allow all of our aspects to come out. So that dramatic, that flair, that engaging, we will have our pockets of places that are comfortable um, for us to share that without having to go through the drudgery <laughs> of explaining, I'm not shy. I just, you're not worth my energy to engage. <laughs> like it's the short. <laughs> I'm actually just really harsh is what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, I'm have... not antisocial. I yeah. people are fine, but only in small doses. And when I have energy for them, when I'm there, I am there. But when yeah. I'm not, please lose my number. Find a turkey to baste. Find anything. <laughs> like just don't look my direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that explains why I'm so blunt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would you yeah. say that goes hand in hand with being introverted? For a lot of introverts, yes, because we don't we don't have the energy to like dilly dally. Like if yes. we're going to if we're going to put forth the effort to engage and to like say something and to be seen, we're going to say what we need to say. We're going to get that across and then we're out. Um, even if we're physically there, emotionally and energetically, we're out. We shared what we needed to. Why are we still talking? <laughs> oh my, you're speaking my language, my world. This is just me to a T. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel exactly that way all the time. All the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, but, and yet I appear kind of possibly extroverted. Like I have a podcast for God's sake. So <laughs> surely right. I can't be that introverted or shy, but I really am. And I remember several years ago, 10 years ago, I remember reading or seeing a definition of what introversion actually is. And it really spoke to me. It really resonated. And it said something like introversion is really just that you 
are drained from human interaction and extroverts are fueled by it. It doesn't mean you're shy. It doesn't mean you're whatever. That's really all it is. So would you say that's pretty accurate for you and, and what introversion is? I would take that a step further and say that it's about any engagement. A number of introverts, even if no one is interacting with them, if there's a lot of stimulation, they're still very drained. So an introvert walking down, you know, Times Square, no one has to talk to you, but there's so much to see and to take in. And we're observers and a number of us are also empathetic, um, which is a different trait, but often goes hand in hand. So our energy is drained just by stimulation. Um, even going to the mall, no one mm -hmm. has to talk to you, but oh, my god there's so many people there i just can you just leave the public space like while i'm here while i'm here everyone disappear let me do my shopping without all of this and then you can come back like that type of, of overwhelm and yeah. so and that's one of one of the as bones to pick i have with a lot of the work around introversion is that it focused so much on the social aspects but there's more to introversion than that um, and it's more than us being away from those social settings uh, there are four types of introverts and a social introvert is one of them and for the social introvert they actually are and for a number of them not just the social but especially the social introvert they are energized when they are in those spaces when they can socialize with people that they can have those deep meaningful you know engagements where they can be in service that is actually very energizing um, mm -hmm. but once that is done they need to recoup um, and so these are some of the ways that when we're looking at it only from that social or the human interaction piece we lose a lot of the nuance of that internal processing yeah uh, like you're just describing me basically yeah <laughs> this yeah. is so re re relatable um but because yes i can i can be social when i need to be when i want to be sometimes i actually even crave it like i'm like yes i'm down mm -hmm. to go out and do something Feel like that's my Sagittarius coming through, but then like I'll probably be one of the first ones in the night to say, "Okay, I'm gonna go home now," or there will yeah. just be a sudden moment where I'm like, "There's not even it's not even gradual; it's just like done." No, yes, just done. Yes, <laughs> yes. I I've had those experiences, and one of the most kind of dramatic experiences. I was speaking to a group of a few hundred people, and it was wonderful. It was, I of course, I had to get myself kind of prepped and get my energy ready. And I showed up in service, and it was great. And the moment that I had just passed the curtains, leaving the stage, and my energy—it's like someone flipped a switch, and my mm -hmm. my energy was gone. And I had to literally brace myself along the wall to go down the few little steps because I had like nothing and i had never experienced quite dramatic that draining but it made me very very conscious of how i am energizing before and after because what i was doing before i had my time to kind of get jazzed and, and into it then i was having conversations i was making jokes with people i was like oh i'm feeling good yeah and knowing full well that I have to show up for this massive uh, group of people. And so it's important for us to make sure that we are monitoring and kind of uh, aware of our energy and making sure we are intentional and in how we power up before those interactions and also after those interactions, because it, it really can be a very physical draining. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that when we say we're drained, it's not just the mental fatigue. It can also when you're getting into places of just engagement fatigue, your body is literally shutting down, like your body just wants to collapse. Um, and it can <laughs> yeah. literally collapse if you're doing too much of that engagement without balancing. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. Once again, you're describing me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> just go home and sit on the couch and watch, binge watch something and literally not move for like three hours. Yes. Yeah. I just need to stare out the window for a bit. Like don't <laughs> pretend I'm not here. I'm not there. I'm not going through a crisis. I'm not having yeah, like a mental I'm break. Fine. I'm happy. I am perfectly I'm fine. <laughs> yes. Just staring out of this window. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that makes me, that brings up something else for me with introversion is that people always think I'm mad or angry or like something's yes. wrong. And it actually, yes. that's what makes me mad. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Now yes. I'm, now I'm annoyed that you keep bugging me by asking me, am I okay? I'm actually totally fine, but yes. now I'm getting kind of pissed off because something I'm doing, yes. it seems like something I'm doing is wrong. Like, and you have to keep pointing right. it out to me. So what can you right. say about that? And it's like, I just, I just want to exist. Like I was yeah. perfectly happy until you started talking to me. <laughs> I was yeah. absolutely just in bliss until yeah. your presence invaded my bubble. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and I can, I can understand why people who are more on the extroverted side would think that because they process their world by engaging with it. So they need to talk it and work through it and like move around and do all of this. So when we are sitting there stock still in total mm -hmm. silence, seemingly like glazed over, it's like that, you've you've just gone brain dead it's like no this is like the best thing this is this is how i power up um yeah. until you <laughs> until you pull the plug on my powering up and so for the extroverts it's important to know we appreciate your concern for us but if you have people who are on that introverted side and they're just minding their own business you can trust that they're okay mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, exactly. they're all right they don't need checking on if you feel the urge to do so first don't um but if you absolutely <laughs> must don't phrase it as like are you okay is something wrong you know are you mad about something because none of those will be true and you will actually evoke that emotion <laughs> in yeah or or, or you know, can't you be happier? Or like, you know, don't be so sad or don't look so grumpy. Like I hate that. Oh my God, I hated that oh, growing up. And so, I have so often, I have resting bitch face too. So it's like doubly bad <laughs> when people look at me, yes. I'm just, I'm actually completely happy. I'm just sitting there and they think that I'm like going to cry at some point. I'm like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> so yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm actually very happy right now. So yes. when you're, if you are, are just compelled uh, to, to disturb someone who is on the introverted side, just to check in on them, you could just ask him, oh, oh, it seems like you're charging up or, oh, oh, what's on your mind? You know, something that's that simple, that, that, that is that innoxious. I mean, is what you don't want to do is to put this whole narrative that has nothing to do with the person onto them because you're uncomfortable with their oh silence. Gosh. That's ultimately what it is. They are uncomfortable with our silence because what kind of person functions that way? Uh, introvert. <laughs> that's like half <laughs> the population. Us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's, that's how we, um, how we operate. So, Again, it's really not not important for you to check in on us. We're fine. But if you must, don't try to put a narrative onto us that's you dealing with yours. Yes. Oh my gosh. Listen up, extroverts, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for saying that. And, and so that that brings up a good segue kind of into extroversion and how that seems to be the dominant trait in the world, it seems, not just North American society, but every everywhere we go, it seems extroversion is the more valued one, the more dominant one, the one that people, as you said, are more comfortable with. 
what's your thoughts on that? And like, how can we restore that balance so that it's not the good quote, the good guy and introversions, the, you know, the bad one. Right. Well, it's really interesting when you start looking globally at at introversion. Um, there are some cultures where there's no such thing as introversion, because even though this is the way that your brain processes, you're not given the space right. <laughs> to have that time that's down. So there's no there's no languaging around that. It's like, yes, I get drained when I have to go to like these social things, but that's part of our culture. That's what we do. So I just like suffer through it. Um, you know, I, I just I deal through it. Yeah. Um, and then there are other cultures where introversion is the pinnacle. That is mm -hmm. the standard. Um, so when you're looking at certain parts of, and you're looking in places like Sweden, or you're looking at Japan, you're looking at uh, Peru or Ecuador, introversion is really the prized one where that focus on um, reflection and introspection, being able to be comfortable in your own skin for yourself first. And then if you have some leftover energy, then you give it back to the community that is prized. And so this loud, brash, let's have a conversation all the time, that is very frowned upon. Um, and so it's interesting to see these sort of nuances and these differences depending on where you yeah. are in the world and even depending on culturally, um, because there are some traits around introversion, even though culturally there's a slight advantage for extroversion. If you're female, those extroverted traits are then punished, even though extroversion is, is more, you want people to be more engaging. And there's a lot of nuance with it um, from that global perspective, but looking at um, in the US in particular and in North America, extroversion is kind of the standard. You want to stand out, you want to be heard, you want to engage. And so it becomes our responsibility as introverts to one, make sure we're honoring our energy when we need to charge, we have to charge because otherwise we can't show up. But also for us to get ourselves in the habit of being uncomfortable with showing up. So when we do contribute, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird until you get accustomed to it. But your input and your insight, our ability to connect the dots, it is so necessary and it is so needed. Um, that that voice of reason that comes from the introverts is needed when all the extroverts are talking this big pie in the sky stuff. So like, wait, that sounds great, but it's going to fail for all of these reasons, or it can be improved if we do this small tweak this idea can go even further. Mm -hmm. Here's some additional insights. We have the gift of seeing and connecting those dots, being able to read the room because we're observing everything. These are the contributions that are necessary. And whether we're in a more introverted uh, community, if we're in a more extroverted community, our voice and our insights are still needed. So we have to take responsibility and ownership for our own path and be willing to say, okay, this is going to suck for a few minutes, but I'm going to give my contribution yes. <laughs> because it's needed. And then I'm going to like be quiet or I'm going to be reflective or I'm going to like step away for a few minutes, recoup and come back. Yeah. And that's really where your specialty lies and when what you teach women and, and, and other introverts to yes. do. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a real value that extroversion and introversion can work and should work together because introverts don't have just as much to bring to the table as an extrovert does depending what's needed. Absolutely. So before we get more into that, because you did mention a little while ago, and I haven't forgotten, you mentioned that there were four types mm -hmm. of introversion. So yes. what are the other three types? So the one was social, and then what's the other? One is social. There's thinking, 
there's reserved and there's anxious or nervous introverts. And so all introverts are, let me rephrase, because introversion is not an either or. It's not you're either introvert or you're extrovert. It's all gradients of gray. So everyone has a drop of introvert, a drop of extrovert, and lots of variations of drops depending where you are on that spectrum. But typically speaking, those who are more on the introverted side all have characteristics of those four types. It's just in varying degrees. So a social introvert is, is the introvert that we talked about before who does find value in charging in those social engagements to a degree. Like when we're in the space, we are there, we'll socialize and then we're out. For the thinking introvert, this is more the, in, the more of the analytical introvert. So the one who is happy, who's looking at spreadsheets, who's looking at how all of the pieces come together. What are the potholes? What are, are the possibilities or the opportunities? Just thinking, 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 thinking. That's their jam. Like if they could just sit and think forever, yeah. <laughs> that is what they would do. <laughs> People are optional. And so there's, again, there's a lot of value you mm -hmm. that comes from that thinking and that insight. The next one is the anxious introvert. And this one is more the anxious or the nervous introvert. This is much closer to um, you, you would think of, of people with social anxiety or people who are, are kind of nervous around social engagement. The anxious introvert is closer to that. It's different than being socially anxious, but they have a lot of hesitation with getting involved with people. They don't mind if they have like a person or like a couple people, but that's going to be about it because the rest of them, it's just too taxing to have to navigate those emotional and mental waters. Um, it's just not worth it for them. Mm -hmm. And so their engagement comes from those one or two like people in their lives. And then the last one is the reserved introvert. And that's the one who, if you engage them, they're going to have so much to offer, but they are not willingly going, going to offer up anything. Um, but I think we've all experienced having that person. It's like, oh my God, you're brilliant. Like, where was this high? Right. Like, that person is more likely a reserved yeah. <laughs> introvert. <laughs> so those are the four types. I feel I'm a combination of the reserved thinking and social ones. That's, that's yeah. what speak to me personally. What about you? Which ones are you? I think probably closest to the social and the reserved. Mm -hmm. Again, we all have the qualities of all three, just depending on the situation, some come more to the fore or not. But I, I definitely am one of those people who, when I'm in a space of people who are not even just like-minded, because mm -hmm. I like challenge, um, but in a space where I can have those deeper connections with people, that's my jam. Like, get me started, I'll go forever. Right. <laughs> But when I'm done, I am done. Yeah. Like, forget I exist um, until I recharge and then I'll come back and we'll be friends again. <laughs> um, that's definitely me. And for a lot of introverts, people think like introverts can't be like successful and in these big places. A number of notable celebrity introverts are more of a social introvert. Mm -hmm. So you think of someone like Beyonce or Emma Watson or uh, Melody Hobson, Condoleezza Rice, Tom Hanks. These are all people who are introverts, but they're also big, well-known. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you possibly <laughs> be an introvert? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like easily because that's how I process my <laughs> yeah. world. That's all that is. Um, but a lot of that social piece um, and that social introvert piece comes to the forefront where they are comfortable when they're in that place of service and they're in that place where they can focus on giving their gift. No problem with socializing, but when they're done, they're done. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's, that's, I like how you mentioned there that you, you like the connection with people and that that's really your jam going deep. So it goes, just goes to show that we don't hate people. Introverts don't hate people. No, <laughs> we actually no. sometimes quite like them. We just don't like them all the time. They're all, the you know, around us all the time, like right. an extrovert might. Exactly. And we don't want to engage just for the sake of engaging. Yeah, exactly. That oh, does nothing because we have too many things to process. Like when we are in those social situations and it's, it's even beyond social, but let's stick with that. We are listening to what you're saying. We're looking at your body language and we're taking that in. We're reflecting on what our thoughts are for what you've said. Should we respond? How will you respond if we respond? What's going on in the background? What are other people? How are they reacting to mm -hmm. it? You know, we have so many thoughts that are happening and so many things that we're processing with this one simple, like, how's the weather? And our brain goes to like 15 different places, yeah. like how to respond with that. We're doing that with every interaction. So we really don't have the time or the inclination yeah. to just, let's just chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's all of that that has to go into it with nothing to show for it ultimately. Um, now, when it's a deep, meaningful conversation and there's, there's like a point or there's a purpose, like mm -hmm. we can really get into like the meat of the thing, then we will go forever because it's it's charging us it's it's helping to stimulate us we can see the point and the purpose um to it if we don't see the point we're not we're not going to chime in yeah we're, we're not going to do it <laughs> yeah that's that's a no-go for us but it's so interesting as you're saying that made me realize that like i actually find it more draining to make small talk and yes. pretend that i'm interested or invested in something about a conversation about something that doesn't matter that's actually way yes. more draining for me than if we just had a deep conversation or didn't talk at all. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? It's our kryptonite. Yeah. And again, it's because we're already doing all of this, you know, all of these mental gymnastics mm -hmm. to have like nothing to show for it. We're just talking just to like make noise. Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? Like the world is noisy enough. I don't need I don't need to contribute to that. I definitely don't want your contribution to it. Yes. So can we just like <laughs> be quiet or talk about something useful, Absolutely. Um, meaningful, productive, helpful? Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally <laughs> anything other than the weather <laughs> or yes. small talk yeah. or what you ate that morning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's the same thing, even when we're not engaging with an individual, when we're not in that social piece, again, that stimulation, mm -hmm. it's like, do we really need like all of these lights on? Like, do we really need all of this noise? Like, does the music have to be this loud? Like, I'm sure people came in with perfect hearing and they're leaving with less than. <laughs> does it have to be? And no one's engaging with us, no one's bothering us, but it's just all of these things that we're processing. Again, it's just overload. It, it quickly becomes overload. Yeah, it's a stimulation for sure. So. For extroverts, I was going to ask if you have any, given that we've talked a lot about this already, do you have any advice for extroverts when they're dealing with, apart from what we said earlier with, please don't ask us, put the narrative on us if there's something wrong, but is there any other way that you could, advice you could give to an extrovert so that they can recognize the value of an introvert when they see one or like how to engage with one or, uh, or, or and introverts too, how, like what's, advice for an introvert existing in an extrovert's world. That's kind of like the crux of what you do anyway. So maybe we're getting into that right. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing is 
being aware of how you're engaging and how your narrative can spill over onto a, an introvert. Yep. So it's very common for extroverts to say that an introvert needs to come out of their shell. We're not in a shell. <laughs> Our brain is processing. In the same way that no one is telling extroverts, please just sit down and be quiet. Like just sit and exactly. reflect. No one's having that conversation. No one's telling the extroverts to just hush. And we should have more of those conversations. <laughs> yes. um, just as a side thing, yeah. we should have more of those conversations because there is value in that, but that's not how they process. Mm -hmm. um, and so the recognition comes, first of all, being aware of how you may be putting this extra energy onto an introvert that has nothing to do with them or what they're experiencing. Just that awareness alone, I think will help. Yes. <laughs> and then also when you are in those spaces where there's an introvert and you're, let's say that you're in a meeting or you're in some type of um, engagement in a professional setting, giving an introvert that space to think is critical because we need that time. We need that extra beat before we respond to your question. It's not that we didn't hear you. It's not that we weren't paying attention. It's that our brain is sorting through the 30 different ways that we could respond to that and trying to pick out the one that is going to be most beneficial, mm -hmm. um, the one that's going to offer the most value. So giving grace and giving like that breathing room, recognizing that even if you're in a space where you're maybe brainstorming or you're coming up with things like this, the introvert will likely not have an answer or response right then, but giving some time, whether it's afterward or it's a day later, having the opportunities for them to write it in, for them to have a conversation around it, having some way to contribute after the fact allows them to give those insights that we talked about um, and to be able to give some clarity around these connections that they see. One of the things that, and we touched on this before, being able to see those connections, we also can see who would be best suited for different things because we've watched all of the people and we've seen how all of, this person may be better suited for this task. This person may be um, a better partner. These couple of areas might work best for what we're trying to accomplish. These are things that come naturally for us and it's part of our gifting, but we need time for that to like kind of percolate and work through our brains. Mm -hmm. So for extroverts, it's essential that we, that you're aware of how you're showing up and how you're putting things maybe unintentionally on introverts, but also giving that breathing room because that makes everyone better. And for the ambiverts, because they exist too, um, people who are right on the cusp. And so they can be more social or they could be more secluded. It just depends on which way the wind is blowing, yeah. um, what's necessary. Um, even for them, they too need that space to have that breather, to have that bit of pumping of the brakes so that they can process things in their world. Yeah, the space is so huge for us because I can't tell you yeah. how many times I've come away from a conversation and like a day later, I'm like, damn, I wish I'd said that or I wish I, <laughs> I wish I could have. This yes. is what I actually wish I, I wanted to say, but I didn't, I couldn't. I just like blurted something stupid in the moment or said nothing Yeah, because I couldn't yeah. think. My brain just like literally right. shut off. It's just like, okay, yeah. I can't deal with this. I need to be alone and think. And this comes up a lot for me in relationships or when you're arguing with someone or um, usually in the heat of a moment, that's when I like get the least communicative um, yeah. because I just can't give you the, an answer, a good answer at that time. You know, check back later. Right. <laughs> or as you said, give me the space so that I could there's time for this conversation to carry on later or something. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And it's important. I'm glad that you brought that up because ruminating is one, one of the things that we do best. We will have arguments that ended like decades ago. Like this, <laughs> this person may be long gone. Like they're not, who knows if they're even still alive and we're still arguing with them in their head and wishing we had had like, oh, if I had only said oh this back gosh. in third grade. I feel so like, called out. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. This is this is part of what we do. In some ways, it can be um, it can hamper us because we will keep having these same conversations and scenarios over and over and over again that we can do nothing about. But the other side of that coin is because we are able to create these entire universes of doom um, and create these entire experiences, we can also do that in a way that is positive and that can contribute and is collaborative. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's important for us as introverts, you know, going back to being in that extroverted world, it's important for us to recognize that the same ability that we have to create these swirling doomsday scenarios we also have the ability to create these wonderful collaborative utopias and there's benefits to both <laughs> the the cru the crucial part of it is for us to allow ourselves the grace to have those moments to be in our energy to honor the way that our brain processes and also to show up when we do have those contributions is the, the flip side of things is that for a number of introverts they will have something to say like after their beat and it's like oh well the moment passed well exactly. i can't say anything now and it's like well no <laughs> you you can still bring up your valid point you can still bring your insights you can still offer that contribution yeah. um it doesn't have to be like oh i didn't say it right then so now i can say it never and i'm just going to ruminate about this for the next decade it doesn't have to be that way um so we have to allow ourselves to have that space to say okay I know you asked this like two days ago. <laughs> I had some time to think about it. Here's here's what I think could be helpful, or here's an idea that I had about it, or have you considered? Like these are different ways that we can even phrase getting back to that conversation or going back to that scenario, being able to give that contribution afterward. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be awkward. I mean, we're going to feel awkward about it anyway because introverts. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be an awkward situation or one where you have to wrong yourself because you need a time to think. That's just how your brain works. Um, just like for extroverts, they will say whatever because they're they're talking and they're thinking through their process. And then once they finish like with whatever they've said, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Who? <laughs> Right. But that thought like comes and it's like gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, maybe I need to go back and rephrase that. <laughs> Sometimes, but often, no. They're often not hampering themselves because they are, are talking through their thoughts and the rest of us are taking it as gospel. I mean, it's just them talking through their thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the universe of doom. That's just the perfect... Yes term for <laughs> for that oh god we we are masters at it oh uh, my gosh how many <laughs> worlds have we created how many alternative yep. timelines <laughs> where things have gone like 17 different wrong ways it's like you know none of that even happened i know we like, just made it up in our head <laughs> we just made we just made up this whole scenario it's like you haven't even spoken to that person so how do you have all of these scenarios where it went wrong and there's all of these ramifications of it going yeah. wrong? Like we are masters at creating that, but we can do it for the other way too. And I, I mean, I guess in that regard, if you're creating the scenarios of potential of potential wrongs that could happen and stuff, you can't 
can't argue that we're probably pretty prepared for if any one of those things did happen because we've thought about it so yes. much. So in that way, yeah. we're kind of, yeah, we, we, we do prepare ourselves in a sense for situations, but then sometimes, as you said, that dealing with it, you know, having the space and the confidence to come back two days later and initiate that follow-up conversation or whatever it is, even if it's awkward, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest, one of the biggest struggles at least, uh, and especially that I've had, I'm much better at it now, but oh, when I was younger, I, I would yeah. just think I'd, I'd be in my head way too much. I think it would be too awkward if I do it, be too awkward if I say something now or whatever. So, so yeah. I think confidence has a lot to do with introverts. And, and on your website, I saw some terms, um, communication alchemist and transformative communication were, were the ones that stood out to me because it sounds like that would yeah. be a really helpful thing to have in those moments. <laughs> so yes. can you talk more about that? And what are some tips maybe for an introvert who is not confident in communicating their true thoughts? Right. A lot of it comes down to simply reframing. Again, going back to what we were talking about, how we can create like every doomsday scenario possible. Um, and it's, again, part of our gift, but also part of our burden. Yeah. Part of that reframing and the alchemy of your communication is just what we were talking about before. It doesn't have to be an awkward situation where everything falls apart. So instead of looking at this like, oh, they asked me this in the moment and I had a really dumb answer. <laughs> Crap, I'll never come, I'll never get promoted now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that becomes our thought as opposed to it was just an awkward comment. And most times it's not an awkward comment. It's just us feeling awkward because we did show up and we're not used to showing up. And now we have all of this judgment because our brain creates scenarios. So rather than being in that space, sometimes it just takes us being aware, like, hold up, that didn't happen. What actually happened was I gave a response that I'm not happy with. Now I can go back and say, well, let me, let me just circle back to this. And it can be that simple. It can be that straightforward. It does not have to be a big to do, um, but it requires us to kind of rein in our own minds mm -hmm. and rein in how we're doing things. And that takes practice. That does not come instantaneously. Even with showing up, you know, I, I talk a lot about showing up, be awesome, go home. And that whole thing of being able to show up it's a practice that confidence is a practice it feels awkward and it probably looks awkward at first but have you seen a baby trying to walk <laughs> like have, yeah. have have you have you noticed a kid trying to hold a fork like have you have you mm -hmm. seen these things of course they're awkward but does that make you have a lower opinion of them does that make you like oh god that kid's like doomed forever like you <laughs> see that kid like toddling off like, we are so hard on ourselves mm -hmm. because of that kind of reflective and introspective piece so that that little shift just those little shifts that we have and our self-talk let alone with how we're engaging other people that's what begins to initiate the difference so again going back to these ways that we see these connections you may be um, put up for some extra responsibility i'd like you to take on this project and you don't want to take on the project like this is not your jam what many introverts will do is they'll say yes because they don't want to continue the conversation like i don't want you to keep bothering me so i'll just take this on mm -hmm. um i don't want to i don't want you to bother me but somehow me taking this on will make things, it, it never works out. <laughs> it never yeah. works out that way. And the other piece of that is that we will have, when that opportunity is presented to us, 
those extra responsibilities, we'll have someone in mind that would be a better fit for it. We'll we'll immediately have like the resources and the ways that I, I don't want to do this. It would be better if this person did it or if these resources were used for it, but we won't say anything because we don't we don't want people to think less of us. We don't want to get into trouble. We don't want to don't 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 don't. Instead of saying yes to something that has nothing to do with you and that you want no parts of, many times we can simply respectfully decline and then offer who would be a better solution, what would be the better resources, what might be a better approach for it, because sometimes it's not even necessary. It's like it's just something to do. But the onus is on us to speak up and to be in that space where we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. until we get comfortable. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, like one possible response could even be, let me think about it. Yes. Let me, let me get back to you. Yeah. Let me, let me noodle on this. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me give it a think. Yes. Or even when you're coming back and it's like, you already know it's a no. It's, it's like, I'm not doing this. And then when you're coming back to that person to give a note, that becomes a whole thing. Like, well, I don't want to create conflict because then I've got to deal with a conflict and I'm going to be mulling this over for decades. So rather than doing that, <laughs> let me just say, yes, no, you can have your time to think on it. And when you're coming back to that person to decline the offer or to say, I'm I'm not interested in this, basically, you can do so in a way that's empowered because you are now giving not just your no, you're giving, I don't think this is the best fit for me, but this person might be a better fit. They might be better suited because of whatever reasons that you clearly see or even though I know that this might be a priority, but another way to maybe look at it is whatever the insight is where this is this is like just busy work. This is just a fool's errand, but the gist of what you're trying to do could be better approach with the small pivot. You are offering the insight for the pivot. And so these are some ways, once you, you know that your no is a no, you've told them to like, I'll come back to you. Now you're coming back to them and you're not going to say yes, just because you don't want to deal with conflict. <laughs> it's not a good reason. <laughs> it's not a good reason because you still have to deal with them and you have more responsibility that you didn't want in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that comes with your saying yes and not letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, but when you are coming back to that no, you can give that with confidence because it's not just that you're turning this down, you're saying that you are not the best fit. However, here is a solution to your problem. Here is another way of looking at this issue that you may not have considered. Now you are adding value. Now you are showing up in service. And so it's not, oh my God, I had to tell my boss. No, it's like I did a favor to my boss or I am now giving a benefit to my clients by saying, this approach may not be the best. This one is of of better service. This is a better fit for what you need. And us making, it is such a small shift. It is almost like there's no way that could work. (laughs) It's like, that is just too simple. Like that's, there's no way that you could just simply say, this is not a good fit for me, but this might be a better fit. It can't be that. It absolutely can be that simple. (laughs) And it often is that simple. Mm -hmm. We just tend to make it complicated. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be. Yeah. That's where the the ruminating gets the better of us, I feel, in that situation. But yeah, I I find when I need to say no, or I'm being asked to do something or be somewhere or be someone that I really don't want to, I will often say I need to think about it or I need more time or whatever. And then when I come back to them, because I figured out the why behind it, I feel that much more confident just to tell them no, B, 
because blah, 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 blah. And I feel like confident in that because I was like, I've thought this through really thoroughly. I stand behind this. So nothing you could tell me is going to change that because I just know my ideas better in this moment. Like this is right. This is actually, as you said, I'm kind of doing us a favor here by declining. And and, And then, as you said, if you have a backup resource you can suggest instead or a different idea you can you know pretty shiny a new pretty shiny thing you can distract them with mm-hmm. then here you go and and so yeah you, yeah it's so i i find i've gotten better at doing that communicating and stuff but yeah when i was younger I didn't i was one of the awkward right. ones for sure and would not say i well i wouldn't say anything <laughs> most of the time right but, it's like I'll I'll just I'll go along because I don't want to yeah. I don't want to rock the boat I yeah. don't want to deal with more questions and yeah. explanations and so I'll just if I do it will you leave me alone like that's yeah. how we feel we never say this well we rarely say this <laughs> um, if if you're someone like me you probably will say this mm-hmm. um, but you know our feeling is if I just say yes to this if I just do it like can you stop like bothering me mm-hmm. and of course the answer is no they'll say yeah but the answer is no because now you've taken on something that yeah. you didn't want anyway yeah. um and exactly what you, what you were pointing out one of the one of the other kind of nuances of that why we may waffle and it is that again that rumination that ruminating of how people will respond to us what will people think of us what will be the impact of us if we actually said no like are they going to think less of us am i going to be like punished for this or you know is this going to like throw off everyone else's stuff just for little old me like there's all of these diminishing kind of thoughts that we have on ourselves and how we show up that we are now putting onto other people yeah that's not necessarily what they're thinking at all when we have our clear no and as an addition to that no but here are some ways that that it could go better or could be more supportive or is a better fit now we are adding value to that person we're adding value to that scenario so it's not like oh how could you turn me down it's like oh well i didn't think about it that way like that's a all right, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of this person or I wouldn't have thought of this resource. I didn't know that this existed. You know, maybe maybe what you're suggesting is something that I could consider. Now you've done something to benefit the person and also to not add undue burden for all of those other ripple effects. But if we are steady in our heads wronging ourselves and making ourselves the martyr because oh my god, the world will implode if we say no, the world will keep spinning. If you were to like just drop right now, the world would not stop spinning. People will climb over your husk and continue <laughs> on with their life. life would so go on. if that's life would go on. So if it's going to go on with you putting yourself where you are drained, where you are diminishing yourself, where you are you become your own whipping boy, you know, mm-hmm. if if it's going to go on like that. Or it will go on if you are showing up in your power, if you're letting your yes be yes, your no be no, you are shining in those areas that you shine, and you are leaving the rest to the people that do it well. Either way, the world is going to turn. So wouldn't it be easier for everyone if you just shined? Wouldn't it be easier and just less effort, less drain, like less drama, if you just showed up for you first? and allow the world to keep turning because it's going to turn either way yeah life is going to go on either way why not make the choice that you're going to be happy 
along the ride as opposed to miserable along the ride. Yeah. And I think honoring yourself is what would also, you'd also be serving others by honoring yourself and being honest yes. and saying no and saying why and, and all those things and speaking up. Because if you don't honor yourself, then you're, as you said, you're just going to be miserable for no reason because the world goes on anyway. <laughs> so you may as well yeah. go on in the way that works for you. And I like what Absolutely. you were saying there earlier about how we, we think that, oh, are they going to not like me? Am I going to ruin something for somebody else? Another big one is, is it selfish of me to say no? Or they're going to think I'm selfish for saying no or or ending the conversation abruptly or whatever. And it's it's kind of interesting because like that seems to be the narrative that introverts put onto extroverts in the same way that extroverts mm -hmm. put that narrative onto introverts when they think, oh, are you yes. okay? Are you, you, you don't look happy. And, and an extrovert may not think any of those things at all. They probably just want you to no. efficiently d like do the best route forward. Like they probably don't want to wa waffle back and forth. They, they probably want to know right. honestly how you feel, even if it's a no or yeah. whatever, because they want the outcome. Yeah. Like they don't care if it's you. They really don't care if it's you or someone else. Exactly. They want the outcome. Yeah. Regardless of the scenario, this could be with your kids. This could be with your girlfriends. It could be at your job. The outcome is ultimately what we care about. You just happen to be the means that they think to get there. So if you are helping them to get to that outcome without you, and it's someone else who's better suited, then why would you deprive them of getting to that outcome? Like, why would you hinder and, and delay them getting to that outcome? Because you're saying yes to something that you're not suited for, that you're not interested in, that really is going to be a drain of you now you're resentful to yourself and to everyone in existence because you're doing this thing you didn't want to do in the first place but you said yes mm -hmm. you agreed to it and the other side of that is like you were talking about this questioning of is it selfish for me to say no is it selfish for me to set boundaries i would argue it's selfish for you not to yes. because when you are not setting those boundaries you can't show up full you can't show up in joy and your joy becomes service it becomes the way it becomes the light because you said no and you are creating the opportunity for people and for resources that could maximize and get people to that outcome you're depriving that whole process because you're saying yes as opposed to letting those others who need to shine in this way shine allowing these other resources to smooth the tracks whereas opposed to you just being in total friction and annoyance mm -hmm. so it's it's selfish for you to not set boundaries because we need you to show up as you we've got everybody else we don't have you so we need you to take ownership of showing up whole, uh, showing up in service and in love and in joy, because that helps us to show up in love and service and enjoy. Yes. And I think, honestly, you'll find that you'll be relieved that you did, that you did that. Like, oh I, my I, God. I always feel yes. so good later yeah. when I'm like, oh, I'm really glad. Like, I'm proud of myself and I'm glad that I spoke up and said what I really was thinking uh, even though yes. it was, and it wasn't even that scary, as scary as I thought it was going to be. Like, I always find that after I do it, yeah. it was never nearly as bad as I, or awkward as I thought it was going to be. And I feel so like this relief, like, thank God I did that because yeah. I really didn't want yeah. to uh, go through with that or whatever. Yeah. 
And it's it's because of that mental space that we're taking up, that mental and that emotional space too, mm -hmm. of all of the anxiety and angst of all of the possible scenarios and what may or may not happen and who may or may not be affected and how like generations for now, how that's going, like their children are not gonna be able to eat because I didn't do this poster. Like some, it's something so simple that will blow like completely out of proportion just mentally and for the space for us to create those scenarios and feel those emotions and try to balance out how we fit into it when you just let your boundaries be set with honor and with clarity and with firmness it allows you to just release all of that because now it's like oh oh my gosh I was holding all of, I didn't even realize I was taking up all of this mental space for this, all this emotional space. And when you have that kind of exhale from setting those boundaries, seeing that those boundaries are honored too, um, because that becomes a different conversation of when your boundaries are not honored. Now, how do you honor that? How do you navigate that? But just the relief that comes for that. Now you have all of this capacity for the things that you do have interest and passion and can contribute to. Now your energy can be better directed to that instead of having less energy for that because you're ruminating all of this other crap that you have no interest in. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's actually a better use of your expertise and time and energy if you are confident Absolutely. in honoring yourself as an introvert. So in the long run, yep. yeah. Even if it's a little awkward at first, it does get better. Yeah. <laughs> the older you get. Yeah, it does. And the more practice, the more practice, that's that's the biggest thing is for us to actually practice it. We can practice it in our minds and we can create the scenarios where we're like basically visualizing what this is and how it would go. Like we were talking about before, you can create those scenarios of empowerment. You can create those scenarios of success and they can be every bit as powerful and transformative as those that are more negative. So you can have those in your mind and that's great. That's fantastic. That's a step in the right direction. And the next step is for you to actually do it on this plane of reality. Like on this plane of reality, you actually have to have the conversation. You actually have to take action. You actually have to show up. You have to do the thing, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's awkward, even if you're unsure if that's the right thing to do. Sometimes just being honest about, I'm not sure if this is the right way to do it, but, and then whatever your contribution or whatever the way is you think you're doing, it's like, I think this is the best way. Let's try it out and see. Even having within yourself, if you're, it's great if you will have, and you have the space to have that type of honest dialogue and say, I'm not sure if this is the right way, but this is, here's my thought. Like, here's what I'm thinking. If you have the space to have that type of honest conversation, one, People want to see you win much more than they want to see you fail. And when you are opening up with that level of vulnerability, they then want to contribute like, oh, okay, well, yeah, this is a great idea or no, I can see why you think that, but there's this piece of information you're missing or whatever. They can give some feedback to make sure that you are on the track for success. But even if you don't have that, let's say you don't, you have, you're in a scenario where there is no one in your corner, everyone's out for blood, even within yourself, if you are having this conversation, I'm not sure if this is the right way to do it, but let me try it. Let me take a step towards this and let's see how this works out. Just having that conversation within yourself allows for that shift in your perspective because now you're giving yourself the freedom and the grace to one, take action, to take imperfect action, 
knowing that it's imperfect so that if it goes well, fantastic, you're amazing. If it goes terribly well, you knew it was kind of questionable anyway, now I can pivot. If it's somewhere in the middle, now you have something to ask questions on, to get feedback, know what to tweak. Either way, you're winning. All of it is winning. Yes, either way you get data for what to do the next yes. time, whether it was yeah. a bad or a good uh, experience. And I think a good way to practice could be finding like low stakes uh, scenarios to yes. practice in. Absolutely. Don't start with like the, the big master project. Like don't <laughs> yeah, do that. No. Don't don't set yourself <laughs> up for that. Like do something very simple. And, and I often talk about like these throwaway experiences, I call them. They're like such simple things like, me being able to to decline someone's stick of gum <laughs> like there's no high stakes there yeah me, me declining someone's like would you like some water no thank you that's <laughs> it like nothing else that's it someone gives you a compliment you say thank you nothing else no hmm. the, just these small things are like these throwaway experiences like they regardless of how it goes no no one's gonna die yeah <laughs> no one's going to like like lose their their livelihood or, or but lose a friendship creates, yeah yeah no nothing's <laughs> going to be really lost here yeah. except for the molecules of air <laughs> you exactly. used to have your yes or no yeah. but what it does do is it creates those small wins for you and so it gives you those places to then practice in these in these small seemingly insignificant ways but your mind remembers when you said thank you and you didn't go through this whole, oh, well, I got it from such and such and oh, you're Tina. You just said thank you, or you just said no thank you, or you just redirected the conversation. Those wins, like, oh, I did it that one time about that stick of gum. I wonder if I could do it this way. Well, I did it before. I said, like, thank you and just went on with my life. And that was fine. Everybody was cool. No one, no one was like breaking up. Oh, okay. I wonder if I could just if I could just simply have that acknowledgement or simply have that just receive in that way and just let it be in this scenario. Oh, I did it in that scenario and that one. I wonder if I could do it here. And so it begins to to be this um, this piling up of wins so that little by little you're getting these wins and you're building up the confidence that we were talking about before to have those boundaries to to state what needs to be stated to show up as you need to show up and to do so in a way that you don't feel like you have to apologize or you have to diminish yourself or you have to like give all of these justifications for why you're saying yes or no it's just mm -hmm. you have a yes or you have a no the yeah. end yeah exactly you can build upon those positive experiences and to use the data from the bad ones quote bad ones they're not really that bad as you said yeah. it's not the end of the world but it's as you said you're winning there's less way. than ideal ones <laughs> yeah the less than ideal ones yeah, yeah exactly yeah so i really want to ask you about the word awesome because that is a big uh Part of, part of your slogan, and I think you even mentioned it earlier, something about showing up, be awesome, and then going home. So, yes. and, and you would also talk about on your website and in, in your business and in your talks about helping people find their own awesome. So what mm -hmm. does awesome mean to you? What does it mean to find someone's awesome? What does that look like? Yeah. 
Well, awesome is an acronym. It's like a triad. That's what concept. I was wondering, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So awesome stands for amazing works of expression serving others with maximum enjoyment. Mm. And so this is a trio of things. The first piece is the awe, those amazing works of expression. And so that's honoring and recognizing all of the ways that you show up in the world are valuable. And it's a different facet of you that gets to shine through. So as a partner, as a child, as an introvert, um, as a business owner, as a coffee lover, like all of these are different facets of you. All of these are valuable. And so you need to honor and recognize these expressions of your essence and what you're here to do. There are lessons that, can, that come from being a parent that can now serve you in being a business owner, which can also serve you in being a partner. Um, it's not an either or and you have to separate these. So that's the first piece is the, the love and really the recognition of your awe. Mm -hmm. The second piece is the serving others, the so of awesome. And that is noticing and really appreciating that your life is a lesson for others. The way that you exist is a gift. Now, your story could be a cautionary tale or it can be an aspirational one, but either way, the way that you live is a way to serve others. And so how can you be in a space where you are living in an intentional way so that that story is more aspirational than cautionary? And that's the so, the serving others. And the last piece is the me, the maximum enjoyment. And that is recognizing that your joy is service. So when you are doing things for your own pleasure, your own delight, your own joy, that infuses every other aspect of your life in the same way that when you're denying yourself that joy, the resentment, the frustration, the annoyance, that also infuses across those aspects. So how can you live life, show up, uh, do what you do best in a way that also brings you joy for your own sake? Uh, that's that maximum enjoyment. So when you have all of that together, that makes awesome. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I feel like you were just <laughs> describing kind of where I feel like I'm at in my life. Um, the using your own experiences and like your life as a lesson for others and um, that and the fact that your joy can serve others because it's it's so true. It's like if you're joyful about what you do and you love with what you do, that is uh, that is a service to others because they're going to benefit from that. Yeah. They're going to benefit from you being happy and what you offer. And it's a disservice yeah. to people to keep that from them in a sense and to keep that in or to push it away or whatever. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we've all been in spaces where there's, you don't even have to interact with a person. There's just someone that's there. It's like, oh, like exactly. yeah, you just like perk up, like, oh, and they don't have to talk to you. You don't have to have any interaction. It's just their existence makes the space feel good. And we've also been in, in scenarios where there is someone who is an absolute energy suck. It's like, can you yes. just, can the, the floor just open up and devour you because you are so depleting. Like, I don't even know who you are or what you do, but go away. You don't want to be that person. No, no. <laughs> and so when it comes, especially as introverts, our part and parcel of our existence and, and that stillness that we have is how we are able to attract and influence people just by our presence. And so when we were intentional with that, with our joy, with our service, with our love, it has a ripple effect that can transform lives in ways that we will never know. We will never know the extent that we have changed someone's life for the better. Um, but 
it is one of the ways that we show up and we're able to influence. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. So it's like a magnetism. Your you what what you put out is tracks others, and and as you said, you can't know how that will affect someone. And I feel like that's where I'm struggling with right now, is I'm questioning mm -hmm. what I'm trying to offer, what I what I'm trying to put out. But I can, even though, as you said, I can never really know how it affects someone anyway. So why not just do yeah. it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think about people like in, in your own life that have influenced you. Like they yeah. have, they yeah. have fundamentally shifted how you see yourself and existence. You've never talked to them. You will probably never talk to them. You have, you will never have any engagement or way to let them know, but them showing up and their power has transformed you fundamentally at a cellular level. You are no longer the same because they existed. We are that for people. We will never know who that person is, <laughs> what that magnitude is. Mm -hmm. And if, if we are graced to know and to have people to come back and say that you've transformed my life, you know, you, you gave me a confidence I didn't know that I have. That's like icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. But there are some interactions where you were at the end of your rope and someone just gave you a smile. And that was, that was exactly what you needed in that moment to not like, just like, forget it. Like beam me up, Scotty, mm -hmm. like just, <laughs> and they will never know. <laughs> they were just existing. This is the impact that we have. And going back to that love and service and joy, the ways that we are able to really maximize it as introverts is when we get intentional and we become very, very clear about our impact in our quiet, in our reflection, in our observation. Um, that is the, like a trick that I, I don't know like where I, I came across this. And it was when we were briefly mentioning like attracting things there was someone that mentioned about being um, just being still and how just in your stillness, you'll attract people. It's like, how do you attract people when you're still? That makes no sense. Right. It's like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. Let me see. I was at like a conference, like a thousand people. And I just stood there, like not really thinking anything, just standing there perfectly still. And I can't tell you how many people are like just coming up, wanting to have conversations. It's like, I'm literally doing nothing. I am just standing here, just feeling like I'm just going to stand here in silence. That was, first of all, it was weird and it freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it freaked yeah. me out more than a little bit. But also that recognition that just us being comfortable, just you being comfortable in who you are, it will attract people. People will want to have a conversation or ask questions of you or have these comments like, you know, your shell. Now this becomes a place where you can add value, you can add service, yeah. you can do all of these other things. But it's, I challenge, yeah. <laughs> just find a random space, nothing high stakes, but just be like stock still and just let yourself imagine being comfortable in that stillness and see like, <laughs> people coming from the woodworks that is that it's, is it's a challenge strange. i'm sure that that's a big challenge for introverts to be comfortable in public being still yes oh yeah. it was it was so weird at first oh yeah. my gosh it was so awkward and this was i don't know probably 10 or 12 years ago um but when i do it it's it's always fascinating to me like the the reaction and and who seems to flutter by and it, i feel like there must be some example when like it didn't work out but every time these people that end up coming by 
their connections that either I needed or people that I needed to connect my other colleagues with or just people that it's just good energy. It's just a good energy exchange every time. Like just it's it's like serendipity. And, and you know, the people <laughs> coming up to you probably don't think it's awkward. They probably think, yeah. who's this woman just standing here? Like, is she offering something? Like, and then they go up and ask and find out whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, I have a conversation like, oh, so what you're you're standing here, what are you doing? Like, oh, you look nice today. Yeah. Oh, what are you thinking about? Like, there's just these kind of whatever uh, conversations that that start and initiate. And it's, it always, even though I've done this for years and years, it's still like, okay, well, that was weird. (laughs) When I do it. But it feels so awkward at first. It feels oh, yeah. so awkward at first. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> but that's sure. with anything new. <laughs> and honestly, like, like we've been saying, it's probably not nearly as awkward as what you're thinking it actually is. Yes. So, yeah. It's never as bad as you think. <laughs> exactly. Well, I feel like we need to have like a part two or something to talk more about the awesome. Because we <laughs> talked a lot about introverts and I can't believe it's been an hour already. And so yes yeah that's crazy <laughs> okay well maybe we'll have to have you back and dive more into that uh the magnetism and the, the p- different parts of the awesome because i really love that that was such a good yeah that really just summed up my current life situation <laughs> so very relevant yeah. for me <laughs> but i think it's a good spot to end on for today um so before you go can you let us know where can people find you online if they want to connect like what's the best way to get in touch and work with you and do you have any special offers or anything coming up you want to share Sure. Well, you can go to IEmbraceAwesome.com. That's my online home base. So you'll find resources there. You'll get to see what I'm doing, what I'm up to. Um, on social media, I'm at JK Shawless on everything. Um, when, and when you go to IEmbraceAwesome.com, you'll see that there too. Um, I will have an event in Richmond, Virginia in April. It'll be April 13th and 14th, if I'm remembering the dates. Um, but that information will be at IEmbraceAwesome as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. I'll put all there we go. Awesome. I'll put all of those <laughs> all of those links in the show notes and that information. And my final question that I ask all my guests before they go is what advice can you give our listeners today for living a wild creative life? Well, it would be to recognize that introversion is not a flaw to fix or an obstacle to overcome. It is an invitation for you to live deeply and impact greatly. So embrace your awesome engage your gifts and empower your world oh what a great way to end things (laughs) i feel like i needed to hear that (laughs) thank you so much for your time jacqueline this was a real pleasure hey thank you so much i love the conversation All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Jacqueline. If you are introverted or if you're extroverted, I hope that you learned a lot of stuff today about how people function in the world and what you can do to make them feel a bit more comfortable and feel valued as well. If you want to connect with Jacqueline or see what she's up to, all of her links are below in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, share. I also have a Patreon for the show if you'd like to support it that way. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmacavetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative. Stay creative.